1: Another episode of the Roto-World Football Podcast. My name is Josh Norris, joined as always on this Waiver Wire Edition. It is John Dagle. Dagzy, fantasy football playoffs. We're here. We're still doing the show. I would say Sunday was topsy-turvy in terms of a whole bunch of random names scoring touchdowns. And that's why we have you here to tell us if they're significant names and worthwhile for us to actually care about them.
2: I'm preparing for a quiet before the storm. I'm waiting to see if something mm. random occurs this week because last week we were pretty set, honestly, by Saturday. Hopefully, it's the same. I imagine these next three podcasts with you won't be too hectic. Uh, we're only going to mention two running backs on this show, and that's honestly because waiver wires only have two running backs worth picking up. There's it's just all dried up due to injuries in the COVID list. There's no one even available out there for anyone. So between that. Uh, between before week seventeen, we'll be here in week seventeen. By the way, that's probably going to be one of our craziest episodes because we're going to have to get everyone benched correct on Tuesday. But other than that, we're here for the first round. Yeah, I'm good to go.
1: Dago, I went eight and zero to start the season in one league. And speaking A-League? about the running back position in the A League of NBC, yes, uh, my running backs were Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards elair And so Oof. now, as we get to the playoffs, I'm on a four and probably five game losing streak to roll into the playoffs. And like you're saying, there's no help I can probably find at the running back spot. So, I mean, that will be the great differentiator of if your team can be successful enough to win the championship this year, if your running backs are extremely solidified in comparison to your competition. Because for a multitude of reasons, the week-to-week differences in scoring and usage this year at that position seems to be more... Evident than ever. I know I'm going to throw you under the bus here with this question, but I'm going to do it anyways. Now that we are here in the first round of the fantasy playoffs, is there a different strategy you use when considering who to pick up and who not? Is it more just what you need at this time? And then maybe some running back insurance? Are there any, you know, tips people can use moving forward?
2: You need to think two steps ahead. Even a player like Savon Ahmed may not have any value on the surface, but let's say Miles Gaskin goes down. Suddenly, Ahmed has value all of a sudden in the fantasy playoff, whereas the rest of your league is scrambling to pick him up. He's already stashed at the end of your bench. Someone like Mike Davis, who will probably get dropped now that Christian McCaffrey is coming back healthy. Again, he adds value at the back of your bench. Alexander Madison as well. So players like that are players you should now be prioritizing Basically, guys with no standalone value unless one or two things happen in front of them. And I wouldn't mind stashing two or three defenses even if the Mm. matchups align for you. Because now, again, those have more value than these fringe stars back at your bench.
1: Yeah, if anyone's facing, I don't know, the Jets, the, the Bengals, the Jaguars, and that upcoming slate, try to look ahead at least one week
0: So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Daigle, let's get into it. Again, your column is
1: up on the site. People can go check it out. A drops, the ads, the deep cuts. Um, We kind of opened this way. There's not really many drops this week. And, you know, if you're in the fantasy playoffs, whichever plays you're not using – That you don't expect to use, look at their schedule, think of them as expendable, and instead attack some of these items that we're going to talk about. And namely, we need to clean up some stuff from the last two weeks. And let's start off with the Texans wide receivers, because we have a lot more information on them than we previously did. It certainly seems like Isaiah Coulter is not in the team's plans in 2020, and instead, next to Kiki Cutie and Brandon Cooks, it is Chad Hansen, a blast from the past.
2: Big plays. A was healthy scratched on Sunday, surprisingly. And what we saw was Brandon Cooks get evaluated for what would have been his sixth concussion in as many years. He returned, though, and he actually ran 41 routes on Deshaun Watson's dropbacks, 50 dropbacks. Meanwhile, Chad Hansen even with Brandon Cook's workload staying intact after he returned to the game, actually ran the most routes among these wide receivers. Yes, Hansen finished third behind Cooks and QT in targets, but he still eclipsed 100 yards just like QT and was the downfield threat. Only moved to the slot for nine snaps all game long. So he is actually playing the Will Fuller role whereas Brandon Cooks, of course, still had a high target share, but Hanson seemed to be involved as a downfield threat as well, and I imagine will continue to be so until Randall Cobb returns from injured reserve.
1: Yeah, QT, and these are the counting stats. Nine targets, eight receptions, 141 yards. Chad Hanson, seven targets, five receptions, 101 yards. We know Brandon Cooks left for a period of time with a head injury was cleared, but finished with eight targets, five receptions. 65 yards. Again, I know it's so difficult to trust any name, not name Brandon Cooks on that roster right now in your fantasy playoffs, but Deshaun Watson is playing at such a freaking high level right now, Daigle, and then they get the Bears next week, the Colts, and the Bengals. The Bengals in the fantasy championship. So again, it is one to keep in mind.
2: Honestly, uh, no matter what I think of QT, like if he can sustain as a smaller slot guy, if he'll continue to have this kind of production won't matter because now we've seen three games against Matt Eberflus' zone defense and he's been spectacular in all three. And he gets that fourth one in week 15. And also, like you said, the fantasy championship of the Bengals. So honestly, the stars aligned for QT, who I think has the highest floor among all these guys moving forward.
1: Since we cleaned up on the Texans wide receivers, anything to clean up on the Rams running backs, which has been a conversation for quite some time. All signs seemingly point to Cam Akers being anointed as their running back one.
2: We talked about it a little bit last week, just trying to get ahead of what to be an increase in usage and that's what happened season highs snaps and carries and carries inside the 10 yard line yes daryl henderson left for a little bit he returned he exploded for a big time 30 plus one having said that it still seemed like they passed the torch to acres so what i'm asking now it's it's very odd situation because was that because the Rams had to turn around on a short game on pay against the patriots on third and thus they were trying to reserve Malcolm Brown. I wouldn't think so, but the Rams do some weird things. So maybe that's the case either way. I think we should trust Akers because again, the waivers are all but dried up at that position.
1: Let's talk about some new names. Uh, Jalen Hurts entered the ball game for the Philadelphia Eagles, attempted 12 passes, completed five for 109 yards, one touchdown, one interception, also ran for 29 yards. We know that in previous times when Carson Wentz was fancy viable, a major, major factor and that was his rushing production. In fact, I think he was just behind Kyler Murray and Cam Newton in terms of his fantasy points, The how it was made up and manufactured from rushing. Um, look, we don't know as the recording right now at about 5.30 on Monday afternoon who the starting quarterback is going to be. But Daigle, we've seen Justin Herbert come in and be a top five starting quarterback for fantasy football. We've seen Taysom Hill come in and his three starts be the quarterback three in fantasy football that might make people feel something towards Jalen Hurts and want to pick him up and play him. Should they?
2: When I told you let's talk about Hurts, it was not because I think he's a, immediately a good play. I think it's because no matter what happens here, they play the Saints this week. And so you're not trying to start Hurts. You're not trying to start Jalen Rager, who this all goes for as well. What's going to happen most likely is they will they probably refuse to get away from with his contract he plays the first half against the Saints he gets benched because it's the Saints who have been amazing the past five games we laugh at the Falcons 16 points that's the most of the past five games of course you have Hurts waiting in the wings for the following week and the Eagles close out in the fantasy playoffs I believe with the card perfect matchups for both Hurts and Rager you're trying to get ahead of those players
0: let's close with this. the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: Another name. I
0: drafted him. I have dropped him since.
1: And I talked about him with Pat It's T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton this past weekend. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown against the Houston Texans. And by the way, those Indianapolis Colts in this season. Las Vegas Raiders, week 14. Houston Texans, week 15. Daigle, how much belief
2: should we have in T.Y. Hilton? You sell me. He's on this list because you said (laughs) let's talk about T.Y. Hilton. Well, look. I I will admittedly write down a little bit for him. but he's not going to be highly ranked. He's not going to be in the, I'm personally not trusting him after even after two games, which of course he's, he's exploding these two games, but I'm not going to trust him. So you me, Josh Norris. Okay.
1: I mean, look 12 receptions, 191 yards and two touchdowns over his last two games. And those two games on paper are two opponents that we want to attack in the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. All right. And I just mentioned the teams that he has left on his schedule also teams that we want to attack in the, in the Las Vegas Raiders and the Houston Texans. So if we look at matchup dependent players, this isn't the worst one, a player who has been productive, albeit in previous seasons, but Daigle like Philip Rivers is still at being asked to throw the football a lot and it can't just go to Michael Pittman each and every single time. And it kind of seems like while T Y Hilton was slow and unimportant for us all season long. At this point, if we are excluding the previous 10 weeks, these final four to six weeks of the season, he might be an asset.
2: I will say he ran as many routes as Michael Pittman on Sunday. So at least there's that going for him. I still prefer to trust Michael Pittman, who in the past month has a slightly lower target share. I believe it's 20% to 18% in favor of T.Y. Hilton. Even so, sure, we're desperate here. It's the fantasy playoffs. You may need a flex option. T.Y. Hilton has been good the past two games. That's the best I can tell you.
1: All right, let's close with any deep cuts that you might have. And again, everyone out there, if you want much more lengthy words and reasoning and analysis behind all these moves, go and check out Daigle's column, which is on the front of the site. Daigle, go ahead.
2: Ty Johnson, the only other running back. There may literally only be two running backs listed in the way of call because that's all we have left. But Frank Gore got concussed in the first quarter, which allowed Ty Johnson to handle th- 24 of the remaining 32 backfield touches. And he outsnapped Josh Adams significantly, 39 to 19. So again, if you're in a pinch, you need anyone that's breathing at running back. Ty Johnson is right there waiting for you. Tim Patrick's Box scores are wild this year hmm. because he's left with an injury a couple times. He played with Kento Hinton for that full game, which we had to throw out all together, and then he got ejected in another one. So all over the place. But I will say Sunday night was his first full game, full game, in the last two months not playing with Hinton that he'd seen at least six targets or not seen at least six targets in, and he scored two touchdowns in that one. So I still believe with Jerry Judy clearly nicked up. Clearly playing through that ankle injury, Tim Patrick is the team's number one wide out for the rest of the season. Uh, Denzel Mims, I will scream it to the heavens every single week until it happens. Denzel Mims has now played four games with Jameson Crowder since he returned from injury along with Brashad Perryman in that time, and Mims leads in air yards. He's tied with Crowder for a team in end zone targets, and uh, he leads the team with 27 raw targets in that stretch. And yet he's the only one among the three who has not scored a touchdown in that span. Mm. I would think it has to be coming eventually. And then, of course, Rashad Higgins saw an increase in routes run this past week. It wasn't a fluke. It was because Kaderil Hodge, who was the team's starting slot receiver, was out. And so if Hodge is out again, Higgins is quietly going to be on the field yet again right behind Jarvis Landry. So I think he's a good play.
1: All right. That's going to do it. Again, we have recording this before the two Monday night games. We're recording this before right. the Tuesday night game. So right. a lot might happen in those contests for some of – these important pieces to rise to the top. In order to get that information, you need to go and check out Daigle's column. But again, we'll be back here on Thursday morning with another show with Pat and Denny, and then Friday morning for the game-by-game preview show with Daigle, Hayden, Pat, and myself. All right, good luck out there,
0: everyone. For Dagsy, I'm Josh, Up the Villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards.